0: last week on Try Not to Laugh Podcast.
1: I've been coming to this bar for two years and I've only seen two people take a shit in this bathroom and you're both of them. (laughs) 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 That fat cunt, she sucked every cock on the East Coast. And the announcer says, Nevertheless, (laughs) (laughs) on the fucking word, wait, I shit myself (laughs) so bad, and it ran down my leg. Anybody that can't laugh at that, they should die.
2: And now, part two of Try Not to Laugh, episode 23. You don't think that comedy is kind of change now like do you think it's become dirtier has the business changed i I gotta tell you i
1: to quote my old friend richard Belzer, there is no uh there is no method of science scientific measurement that they have devised yet that could measure how little i give a shit okay i just don't care you know I have people come up to me all the time and they complain to me. Oh, I was watching comedy on Netflix and it wasn't funny. The comedy, I watched. I said, why the fuck are you blaming me? You know, you want to stand here? I'll tell you a joke and I'll make you piss yourself. And meanwhile, I've never been near Showtime, never been near Netflix, never been near uh, HBO. Nobody's interested in me. All I've done for four decades is make people laugh harder than anybody else. You know, what I do isn't hip. It's just fucking funny. You know, and now with all this shit about you can't say this, you can't say that. I, I was doing a, I I sat in with these people at, at a podcast at Anthony Kumi's uh, Compound Media. Uh, and I love Chrissy Mayer. And she's got a show called Wet Spot. And these, these, I, I got to say that they're kids. I love the name. They're like 30-year-old right? kids. And Chrissy wasn't there. And, and they're really smart, really funny, nice people. And they're talking about how there's so much trouble in the transgender community. Because the new transgenders have a big problem with the transgender people from two or three years ago, because they don't quite—they're not sensitive enough. They're
2: not—they're not woke enough. I'm, Everyone I'm has like, to be more woke than the next person. Go fuck That's yourself. Uh, just
1: go fuck yourself. You know, just don't do any harm. If you don't do any harm, do unto others. That's all you gotta know. You know, it—it just—it—it it gets too crazy. You know.
2: Well, Jackie, I will say, you know, all of us are like kind of like freedom fighters. I know we have no right to say that. It's not like we're the French Revolution no. and we're trying to overtake the government. But but free speech is one of the most important things. And right now, realistically, there are people who h- try and hijack that. And everyone's got to be the most woke person more than the next. And it's kind of nuts. You have to try and stop yourself from saying this. You can't, t- I never stop myself from saying anything. Andy knows that I get cool, in trouble yeah. more than anyone. Listen, you
1: have a built in, you have a, a built in radar, especially like I go by how hard something makes people laugh. There are things that I probably wish I hadn't put on CDs. Cause they were maybe a little bit more harmful than others. Uh, black jokes that were a little over the top or Polish. Jokes that, but, but you learn to, to weed that out. You know, just like when you're a little kid, you shit on a sidewalk, you get older, you realize, you yeah, know, I probably shouldn't do that. But you just let let the chips fall where they do. You know you, you got to have a brain. You right, know? Exactly. If you're, if you're with a group of people and you absolutely know that that there's a couple of girls that are more sensitive, you don't say, "Hey, how are you two cunts today?" You, you just know, right. you know. You know better. You
2: just know. You just know. But you can't but, but dumb would... down.
1: You can't dumb down your life. You know what I mean. It,
2: Andy, take note. You can't dumb down your life. Are you writing that down? Noted. Andy struggles with dumbing down his life. That's the problem. (laughs) Right.
0: Well, we've run into those issues here
2: and there on our show. I mean, we do a lot of parody songs. So there's a
0: lot of times where I'll approach Brandon with a song that I've made and I'll say, hey, what do you think? And he'll listen to it and he'll just turn around and be like, asshole, you cannot make a song about pedophilia.
2: It's just yeah, not going to you know, work. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Like we can't, I love it, but I'm like, do I now want to be associated with, uh, you got to learn to just that. stay
1: home and look at the pictures.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy's got at least a terabyte. You know, the way, <laughs> the
1: way I work, if, it's, if something's funnier than it is disgusting, or if it's created, if it's well, cre- it's, it, it's a, it's a very wicked line because then people say, well, well, how could you say this? And I, like I've, been crazy forever my first album or two i used the word polack and then i just learned you don't say that that's that, that i i realized that that was offensive i never used the k word for jews i never used the n word for blacks ever that was just you didn't do that that, that you, you don't need that right you it's know cheap. it's funny how you can clean things up i did a really really filthy joke i call into mark simone who's an old friend of mine from 40 years ago. And he's Trump, 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 Trump. Him and Trump are best friends and his whole station. But we precede that. Our friendship goes long before that. And so we just don't, you just don't talk about it. And I told one of the filthiest jokes I know on his show, but I did a version you could get away. This is AM radio, morning drive radio. And he went wild. And I'll tell you the joke and then I'll tell you, What I changed it from, okay? All right. All right, let's hear. So little kid's with his grandfather, sightseeing, and they're in Pennsylvania. And his grandfather says, Sonny Boy, you see that field over there? That's where they fought the Battle of Gettysburg in 1863. And you know, Sonny Boy, there's people that say that that battle was the turning point of the Civil War. And the kid says, duh, Grandpa. Grandpa. Tell me something I don't know. He says, y- your grandmother slept with every guy on the football team, both the coaches and three of the cheerleaders.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 but but the, the one I changed it from was, Doug Grandpa. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know. He says, "I, I can fit my whole fist in your grandmother's asshole." <laughs>
2: <laughs> See that? I like that one. Better. Yeah, I like that one. You know what? You could say that on this show, no problem. We we love the fisting.
1: But We're big fans. Of but the you know, the the, the <laughs> anguish of the grandfather at the grandmother and holding it all these years and then saying it to his grandson. I mean, that's more offensive than whatever happened. You know what I mean? So who cares? But you-
2: But you know what? Speaking of, because offense, yes, you can clean things up, but also pushing the limits is what gets people to new heights. And let's be honest, getting back into your early stages, you know, starting from 86 onward, you know, you and Howard had a huge thing going, and you guys broke barriers that most people weren't even doing back then. And that's why you rose to the heights that you did.
1: I'll tell you, when we were. Starting to take off, I say I shouldn't say we. When he was starting to take off, and we just had gone to mornings, and we used to sit there after the show, <clears throat> very often, and we would write. And Howard would sit at his desk, and me and Fred would sit across from him, and we'd pitch ideas. Why don't we do this song parody? Why don't we do a, 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 a you know a little bit about this, about that? <clears throat> if it's something how I, I, I like that. And Howard would write the title or this idea, and then we would start pitching either lines or concepts <clears throat> and he would just write down what he liked until you know we got enough stuff and then chop it up and go record it so we were doing a uh, a song in 19 I, I couldn't tell you that. I think it was 1986 <clears throat> Cher from Sonny and Cher uh they're a big group in the 60s and um Cher was dating a guy that worked at a bagel shop in Queens. And it was it was news. And Ch- page six. You know what I mean? Cher dating bagel shop. Bagel I don't think guy. he even owned Chris it. I Morgan. think he made bagels. So Cher and the Bagel boy, we gotta do a song about this. So we gotta what so what are we gonna do? We're gonna write a parody to I Got You Babe. Okay? <laughs> uh, do you are you guys familiar with that, that song? Of course. So, oh yeah, we're not that old. Well, you mean, never you know, know. We're not you that old. And one thing, comma, you do not assume anything. So, um, so we start writing, and uh, it just writes itself. Cause Fred's gonna sing it as this guy Rob Magnotti or whatever Ra- Rob something. I think Rob Magnotti is a comic. Rob, whatever, Bagel Boy, and he's gonna sing from his point of view. He's gonna sing, and it's I got share, babe. Okay. So we're writing the song, and we're laughing our asses off, and we get to the B section. You know, songs have a verse and a verse, and then it gets to the middle, or the bridge, or whatever you want to call it. We're at the B section, and we're about halfway through it, and all of a sudden, I I laugh, and I shake my head. And Howard says, what? I said, no, 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 too stupid. He goes, what? I said, no, you know, I'm not telling you. It's too stupid. He said, tell me what you were going to say. So I told him what I was gonna say, and it went the song. It wound up being the funniest thing, the song. And it's uh And when it, it's the part of the song where and when I'm sad you're a clown, da-da-da, you're around, whatever, whatever the words are. Uh, and, and so the middle part that I wrote was uh, I see London, I see France. I saw Cher in her underpants and they fell on the fucking floor and I wound up being the funniest line but I was not going to tell him because it's so childishly stupid Right, right. we yeah. didn't know at the time that that was going to be the beauty of the show is something really smart could be followed by something that childish and nonsensical and so I, he said listen don't ever ever edit write whatever's in your head and I'll either say it or I won't but I'll edit so I said all right and this is this is this is so horrible. I saved this paper because uh, he didn't say this. And like I said, if something's funny, it can be so so offensive. But if it's creatively funny, and, and the, the jury's out. But there was a horrible, horrible story somewhere along the line where these assholes in Texas tied a rope to a black guy. And tied the rope to the bumper of their car and dragged him to his death, right? And Robin is doing this story. And I wrote something and put it in front of Howard. And he goes, we'll be right back. And he turns to me and he goes, what fucking planet are you from? Because she's talking about this black guy that got tied up and dragged behind the bumper of a car by these guys. And I wrote. Polish water skiing <laughs> which, which was not meant to be a Holy racist shit. it's a it was a funny line for that situation Yeah it was but it was so offensive but it wasn't making light of it it was you know it's like but that you could you could debate that all day Right you know What do you think one
2: of the craziest things that you were a part of on that show What was one like there's no, burning moment that you knew it was nuts
1: There's there's no real answer to that and we just had so much fun, and it was so much stupid stuff. Um, you know, usually after an interview, I'll, I'll walk away and say, "Oh, I should have said this. I should have said that," because it was it was just crazy. And and, and some of the things that happened, you know, that have nothing to do with you, but some of the highlight moments, like like you know, uh, apologizing to my wife, was not comical at all, and it was very real. But it's one of the most memorable things. You know, we we broke balls like crazy. You know, I, I
2: I draw a blank because there's too many. Was there a time that you never thought that you would think that it would be heartfelt? All of it is is busting each other's balls, just like no, Andy but everybody and I do all the time.
1: everybody really let it all hang out. You know, and that was that was the important thing of it. You know, there, there was a lot of heart on that show, which which was ridiculous. Just like that, the childish stuff fit in with the brilliant stuff, and and the heartfelt stuff fed it fit in with the really rude horrible mean things that we did to each other the fact that it was so all over the map and when I started writing for him not only was I writing for him but the, by by the nature of me being there all of a sudden Fred had a conduit to get to him so Howard had not only his sense of humor he had my sense of humor and Fred's so you got three comic brains Where Howard's brilliant and I think I'm brilliant and Fred's more brilliant than both of us put together And have three comic brains going at the same time. But not only that, three completely distinct comedy brains. You know, I'm a joke guy. Fred's from fucking Pluto and Howard has this big broad, you know, it, you didn't know where it was going to come from. You know, it was like a triple threat and it was just, and, and the way he just seamlessly made it all come down the same pipe. I mean, it was just amazing. That's you like know? the
2: dream team. Did did you ever um, spend time with exclusively Fred? Like, did you ever connect with Fred more than you did know, with Howard at any time?
1: No, yeah, well, me and Fred were pals, you know. I mean, I, it, the couple of years before I left, uh, my wife and I used to go out and spend the weekend with Fred and his wife, but we never told anybody, you know, because, uh, oh, yeah, what was Fred like? What was he like? What was, you know, because he was a mystery man, and he chose to keep it that way, and me and Fred had each other's backs and still have each other's backs. You know, we always, always did, you know, not, not in a, not in a negative way, but just like a, you know, know, this, you, what'd you do last week? And it was like, Oh wow. We went, we were hanging with Fred, you know, uh, do you you still
2: keep, so you still keep in touch with Fred to this day? Not
1: really. once in a blue moon, you know, like I wrote to everybody, anybody else, they're doing a documentary on me called joke, man. And, uh, and we, of course they reached out to everybody and everybody. Said no, and they had to say no, and I understand that, you know. Except John's in it, and Billy West is in it, which I'm thrilled, you know. Um, and when does that come out? It's forever for our audience. It, we're going to have a screening probably within the next month. It's been a long time coming. It's funny because uh, Artie Artie Lang agreed to be in it, and then he got all screwed up, and he wound up in jail, and wound up going to rehab. But they'd so slow getting the thing out that he came out and now he's okay. <laughs> they interviewed him and now he's in the documentary. So if you, Artie, if you wait long out. enough. And he was Let me tell you,
2: Artie is the most degenerate gambler. So I was in Atlantic City months ago, and Artie usually lazy, eats, does Coke, whatever he does. I have never seen the guy run so fast. I saw him as I was about to go up to the spa. I saw him, I literally screamed out, Artie! He literally screamed out to me, got to go, got to get on, got to get onto the tables.
1: That is one really, really good character. And, you know, you say you listen to the Stern Show when you're eight years old. When he was, he came home, I guess, one day, his father came home and said, wow, I listened to this radio show today that you're not going to believe. And this guy, Jackie Martley's on it and he's so funny. And that was his introduction, Artie's introduction to me. And we wound up being pals. And and it's so funny because people say, oh, it's so great to see you and Artie getting along again, and which is such a farce because I was off the show for eight months before he came on the show. You know, they, we had there was no crossover whatsoever. You know, okay, which is crazy. And he's he just really is the nicest guy in the world. He wouldn't harm a fly except himself. And I think I think he. I think he might be past it. Knock on wood. I really hope. I really hope he's doing a lot of- I really, hope so. Doing a lot I, of gigs, and he's kicking ass, you know.
2: Yeah, we we, we really do hope so, because he really is like an insane- t- I remember him from Mad TV, one of the best storytellers ever. He's really good, really good. What do you think your lasting legacy on the Stern show that no one could take away from you would be? That's what I want to know. What, what do you I, think that is?
1: Uh, I don't know if it'll ever be, because uh, my my main thing was making him funnier. You know, they- they did the movie. There was no inkling of what I did in the movie. They were going to make that movie originally, and I wasn't going to be in it. Jackie the joke, really? Jackie the man was not going to be a character. They might not. They might not even had Fred in it. It's 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 so weird because they were starting to work on this movie that we he talked about forever, and I'm in the foxhole. You know, it's me and Fred and Howard and Robin's in the other room. I'm in the foxhole. We're all in the foxhole together. And all of a sudden they're working on this movie and people are showing up with these hats on that say H because they've been to the production office and gotten interviewed and talked about it. It was like the elephant in the room. And I'm sitting there working and they're making a movie. I mean, nobody's saying anything. And then at some point, uh, I mean, how are they going to have a movie? They're going to have a movie and he's going to be sitting there and I'm going to be there writing jokes and passing it, And they couldn't have me sitting there and not writing jokes because that, that would be, that's not what I did. <clears throat> so they tossed it. And then one day Howard said, hey, yeah, uh, I want you to be in my movie. You know, I didn't like the way they had it the first time. So we're starting over. I didn't, they, referring to they. Uh, it's like Trump with uh, this people. Right. People it, it, want it to see you, this. Dude. They want to know this. <laughs> but I was glad. And then they figured out how to do it. So they had it so the movie ends when he's huge at WNBC and I just show up at the last minute before the movie ends, you know, and here's a new guy, you know, he just came in today. And, you know, if he had have said, yeah, he sent me his albums and we loved them and he had held up the albums that would have made my life. Right. Right. Know? But yeah. none of that. Uh, but I was thrilled just to be in it. It was the most fun I ever fucking had. But for the most part, People will never know the extent of of what I did. You know, people know that I helped. You know, there's there's still people that don't know. You know, I went to see a show at Iridium. uh, These great guys, the sub dudes, I just love these guys. And I'm sitting there, I went by myself and I'm sitting across from this guy and the guy's Jackie Man. I'm such a big fan. Uh, I work at NBC, you know, uh, I think he was a cameraman or something. He goes, always great to watch you laugh and, you know, such a great addition to the show. I said, well, you you know what I was doing, right? He goes, yeah, you were laughing at everything. I said, I was passing him notes the entire time. And the guy goes, really? And I'm like, this this is a fucking guy in show business, okay? You got to assume that they know. You know, so many people, they don't know, but they don't care. You watch Johnny Carson do his monologue, you don't sit there going, I wonder who wrote that. Who gives a fuck? You know, you're laughing at Johnny and it's Johnny, you know. And I never wanted uh, more credit than I deserved. But but n- people not know, that was the beauty of it. He was so good at seamlessly making everything fit in. Like I'd write something and he'd say it about Fred or he'd turn around and make it about himself or he'd, I'd write an insult about Robin and he'd make it about me. And sometimes we go we're going a million miles an hour and he wouldn't get to a line, the line would be so good that he'd circle around and come back to wherever we were just to use that line. And it was absolutely brilliant, you know. And um, there, was, there was one thing where whenever, when we had the E-show and we had guests, when I started writing and putting it under a camera for the E-show so people wouldn't see me flopping jokes, he had a, a, a TV monitor on the left side and then far to the right side. So if somebody came in and he had to address them, he could read it off the, off the monitor. <clears throat> and if a guest came in, they would sit there. And when a guest came in, he would always put on his dark glasses. And it was like, well, this is Howard. You know, he's a mysterious man. You know, he's so cool. He's got on s- dark sunglasses. But he's got on the sunglasses and the monitor is just off to the left. So he's interviewing you, and he's reading the monitor, but he's got on dark glasses. You have no idea that his eyes are are straying to read what's on the monitor. And nobody ever realized that. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's it's like when you first find out that Carson's lines were all lined up in front of the the audience for his monologue. And then once you know that, you notice that he's looking from left, a little further to the right. You
2: know, Joan Rivers did something similar where all, a lot of her jokes were on the floor. They were taped right to the floor so that she knew kind of what order to go oh,
1: in. Everybody's, you know, people that work with Marlon Brando, you know, he taped his lines to their foreheads, you know, <laughs> I mean, who gives a shit? But it was always fun. But uh, I know how, how much I helped. And I know how much, you know, and some people know, and some people really know, you know. The true fans And, and there's people that give you too much credit. Oh, Jackie wrote everything Howard ever said, which so far from the truth. It was like I was a little I was a an extra spice. You know, it gave him a little you know, I always use the same boring analogies, but they fit. If if you run the hundred yard dash in ten seconds, you're really fucking fast. If there's a little wind at your back and you run it nine eight, you're the world champion. You know, and you're not helping the guy run. You're just a little wind at his back to make him that much better, you know? And it's been said to me different ways, but somebody says, you know, I was, I used to listen to Howard in Washington, D.C. And, and he was outrageous and funny. Then he got to New York and he was still outrageous and funny. But once you hit that show, he became funny and outrageous, which is so subtle. But if you're leading with, you know, if you can be so offensive and such, so, you know, uh, grating. But if you go off on a laugh and then go to commercial and with everybody laughing, it's it's a different flavor. It just is, oh, you know.
0: Absolutely. Now, after you left the show, did you ever listen back? Like, did you ever listen to see if there was a difference in quality or anything like that in the I, show? I
1: never listened to the show when I was on it. I never listened the best of none of that. <clears throat> but when I was there, like Benji was starting, to, he they put him next to me and he crowded me, and there was, it was a, a lot of reasons I left. Benji, but he. Um, He mimicked what I did, but I didn't do it. All I did was write funny stuff for Howard. (laughs) There's nothing special about what I was doing. It was just that I was doing it. And he, I don't know if if he needed it, but anybody could be, it's good for somebody to be funnier. You know, Bob Hope's going to be funnier with 15 writers than he's going to be with five writers, you know. So Benji, I'm sure, just took over what I was doing and, you know i get emails all the time oh i'm so thrilled that you left that show it got so much better after you left you know you always get these kinds of things you know you get 500 you get 500 oh, emails yeah. saying the show sucks without you the show saying you get one that says the show's better without you that's the one you remember right. you know it's that's show the show business that that's, that's how, you yeah.
2: always remember the the worst right. of the one person that in that the
1: crowd got. that's not laughing that motherfucker you know <laughs> <laughs>
2: We get we we get emails. I, they say Andy's dragging you down, and I just you know I shake my head. I say, listen, hey, I've only been here for half an hour, and I noticed that. <laughs> hey, fuck all you. <laughs> you know he's a, he's a huge drag, literally and figuratively. But this is what I got. I, well, truth. I've been I've known Andy for twenty five <sighs> years. Yeah, who, I'm with him for I, life. I don't know what he sees in you. <laughs> it's not physical at all. He's no, grotesque, rugged, rugged, handsome. See that pay- funny yeah, okay. paybacks are a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so Jackie. We we've talked about your world, but now what are the next steps for you? Do we have uh, movies? I, I know you have a documentary, but do you have a sitcom? No, what well, they so doing.
1: Do- I uh, I did a one man show for a while, and uh, you did. Uh, and um,
2: damn, I had a suggestion. It didn't, it
1: didn't get too far, <laughs> no, and didn't. I did another one man show. I did like three of them, and they're all completely different. And just knowing every joke in the in the world is it, so much to work with. But the documentary <clears throat> is going to be so great, and we're going to take it all over, but the big thing is going to be doing the Q&A, because documentaries always have a and a and everybody has questions about the Stern Show and about jokes, so we're going to videotape the Q&As to go with the documentary, and that itself is going to be a whole right, that's going to be a great deal. promotional tool, yeah, <clears> YouTube that'll be and all liar. that shit. And, uh, and I, I wrote actually two books, so um, I don't know if the sequel will ever come out, but People are slowly still discovering that because there's an audio version of the book and Artie Lang did the forward to the book and he did the audio forward too. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very excited about the, about the stupid documentary because it's been a long time coming, but there's a chance I might get rediscovered by the crowd, but you, you have no way of knowing, but, uh, you always have A million different things going. That's not true. You're on a young, hip show right now. So come on. Rediscovery is bound to happen. All right. Well, listen, I'll tell you. Anybody wants to complain, bitch, tell a joke, whatever you want to do, you can email me because I have somebody that answers all my emails. Me. um, (laughs) Jokeland at AOL.com. Anybody, please write to me. Tell me this show sucked. Tell me that you love it. Jokeland at AOL.com. All my gigs are on jokeland.com. I tweet jokes, filthy jokes, offensive jokes, non-woke jokes every day at 4.20 p.m. International Marijuana Time. Uh, and you can go back and look through time. and I mean, Great jokes. That's know?
2: great. Um- well, actually, speaking of that, also, if people want to look at anything, just go to Jokeland.com. Next week, he's going to be at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club in Point Pleasant Beach, New Jersey. Wow. You actually want to go to New Jersey actively.
1: No. Make- uh, Uncle Vinny's is a, a famous, famous place. Everybody works at Dice Works there, and Artie, the whole gang. We really, really enjoy it. I love what so many people are buying my book. You know, I got, it's so funny. My book is called The Joke Man Bow to Stern. And I do a lot of these podcasts and interviews and people say, oh, and you got to get Jackie's book, Bow to Stern. I say, no, you can't tell people bow to Stern because if you go on the web... To get the book Bow to Stern, it's a that's a boat book. It's probably. a seventh grade sailing manual. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I know. It. So, I knew so it. it's <laughs> joke, man. Bow to Stern is well. Which is better? Which is a better book? Let's go with it's, that. It's is a, it the it's seventh grade boat book or yours? It's a toss. It depends. It's a Do you like jokes? Do you want to sail? But it's in it's in audio and it's regular book. And I guess it's out in paperback now. They never even told me. But I got a big bump almost a year ago. In sales and I wasn't making much money with the book. I, yeah, I make a smattering, but it took a long time to pay back the, the initial cost. So once that's paid off, you you start making money. And I got a bump. And I'm like, Whose podcast did I do that got that many listeners? Or what radio show I'm trying Try not to laugh. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> About a year ago, Howard put out a book. And when you buy a book on Amazon, It shows the book and underneath it says, people that bought this book have also bought this book. And he never told his audience that I had a book out. Nobody had any fucking idea. And also underneath his book is Joke Man. And they've already got their credit card in. They got them with one click. Right. And another $14. So a lot of people are like, but fuck it and they and they got my book too so without knowing it he gave me an incredible okay, we,
2: bump that's great jackie we we can't promise that type of a bump that <laughs>
1: that i cannot commit
2: to so uh one last thing um, one
1: last thing i've been doing this for about uh three months and i love it it's called cameo.com and if
2: and oh i know all if of you that go to
1: cameo.com slash jackie martling i'll say happy divorce i'll tell you a dirty joke i'll call your friend a fat bastard i'll say something nice to your to your new girlfriend and it's like 50 bucks and it's like you know you, I, I do them immediately and it's so much fun could i pay you to shit on andy i C- could could we pay on cameo that you call him up and you shit all over him for no, a couple of no, minutes you could you could do that you could get your whole audience to do that so he gets a string how of is that any okay. different from what we're doing I now i would love to do it <laughs>
2: Well, all right, Jackie, before you go, two quick things, okay? One is you um, you did announce something on the Gilbert podcast about some sort of disease. Can I get a disease for this show? We want we want it big. We want to end on a big note. Any any other big disease that we can get from you? It's something you'd like to get? Yeah, give him one of your STDs. No, I mean like anything else that you've got. So maybe maybe yeah, is there something else that you've got that you can announce on this podcast?
1: I'm not sure if my girlfriend's listening, but I have always, since about age 15, had the crabs. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. and Wait, guys, we've got an exclusive. Yes. This is an exclusive. I've, I've, Jackie the Jokeman has crabs. Four nights I got drunk and my crabs would actually carry me home on their back. You know, <laughs> That's a lot of crabs. So funny. Oh, one more thing. Oh, yeah. Wow. In, in 1979, we started comedy on Long Island and I created a Dial-A-Joke, which is still going. If you dial 516 922 it's still Dirty Jokes 516-922-9463 at one point Rick Tees in California was putting it on his syndicated national show and he used to tell his listeners that 516-922-9463 was Tom Selleck's home phone number <laughs> and then the thing, went, oh, that's the thing hilarious. went it went berserk and that was one. and that want got to me to talk to Magnum that got me the gig uh, uh, working at Governor's Comedy Shop, and I started Governor's Comedy Shop. So I've been around way too long.
2: Well, that's a listen, we're, we're so glad that you uh, decided to come on the show. We are big fans, we have been for a long time. It's been a huge blessing for us to just have you on. We love hearing all the stories. Um, so we want to thank Jackie the Joke Man Martling. And before we go, before we do our usual to go, do you think we can hear that famous laugh? <laughs>
1: There it is You know the the easiest way for me to to laugh Is to tell you a joke So the wife is sitting The wife is sitting in front of the TV And she says don't do it no Don't don't go in that church You stupid fucking bitch And her husband says what are you watching And she says our wedding video (laughs) (laughs) Well all right, We are
2: going to end this podcast on a high note So I'd like to say Thank you to Jackie the Joke Mayor Martling. Thank you to Andy as usual. Whoop, whoop. And thank you to all of you for listening to the Try Not to Laugh podcast. See you later. later. Andy, where are you? We I'm need to right later. Asshole. Jackie, yeah. later. Thank you. Lady, later. Thank you for having me. I'll see
0: you later. Later. The NTL podcast delivers a hot, steaming pile of awesomeness every Tuesday, no matter who we're bombing. Visit Jackie the Joke Man Martling online at JokeLand.com, where you can find books, CDs, and upcoming show dates. You can also see Jackie live at Stitches Comedy Club in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Friday and Saturday, March 20th and 21st. Tickets are available at JokeLand.com, and for more information, call 717-419-5585. And don't forget about your boys. Add us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TNTL Podcast. That's TNTL Podcast. You can send emails through the interwebs. Type in TNTL Podcast at gmail.com. Just remember, all dick pics will be reciprocated, so proceed with caution. If you haven't already done so, subscribe now, or we'll find you. We're dangerous and have unlimited resources. Just kidding. But just know that we can, but we won't, but we can.